Um, oh, hello. We just had Grammys weekend, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And um, Grammys weekend starts like it's not like, oh, Saturday and Sunday. It literally is like Wednesday or Thursday all the way through all the way through Monday morning at 3.30 a.m. So just so no. you know, it's not like a fun hunky dory no. little gathering of just go sit next to Ariana Grande, shoot the shit with DJ Khaled. I am physically, emotionally, spiritually depleted like you guys see the grammys for three hours on cbs i have to tell you i am so physically rocked from award season in this past weekend with grammys i woke up emily my hands were so dry i couldn't even peel my eyelids off my eyeballs because my body i'm going to tell you why my body was so dehydrated because of the amount of salt i have consumed in the last 72 hours because you guys you are on these carpets for 12 hours literally at a time you're maybe a pretzel you're given if you're lucky that you have to pack from home spoiler alert so you're at the end of the day of these carpets I had like three in a row all Grammys weekend so at the end of the night I'm like I deserve two double doubles from in and out which I don't even like I deserve this medium Domino's pizza I literally Grammy's night, I killed an entire medium Domino's pizza. Last night, I had a famous LA burger, you guys, from Father's Office. It's this like gooey, like blue cheese fries with the with the garlic aioli. Like I literally am the Pillsbury Doughboy. I woke up, I was like, I can't feel my eyes. I can't feel my fingers. I can't see. Like this is the physical repercussions of award shows. And you know that feeling, you guys, when you wake up in the middle of the night, like not middle of the night, like maybe like 6 a.m. And you're like, fuck yeah, I still have two and a half hours of sleep. This morning, my alarm was set for 8.56. Don't ask me why I'm that person. Do you want to know what time my eyes decided to flutter open, hoping that I still had moments to spare? 8.54. If that isn't the definition of Satan coming down on my house and dragging (laughs) me into the dark pits of hell, then I don't know what is. Also, Taylor, you talking about indulging in the finer things in life post carpets. I want you to tell everybody about a gorgeous soul we work with, um, who literally packs for every carpet. You know who I'm talking about? Like her. Yes. Like her, she, she's mouthing the name to me. Like her, like she is literally moving in. Like her house no. has a for sale sign no. in front of it. She now lives no. on this red carpet. It is no. her new house. It is her no. new mailing address. Please no. alert her insurance no. and her credit card bills. Please explain no. what this woman does on every single red carpet i saw it she is she's an editor at a very high fashion female publication rhymes with schlammer mammer and so this girl god love her she bless her soul like she literally she is a hundred percent that witch 100 thousand percent i show up thinking i'm a boss i have like a bag of kroger pretzels this girl has her mattress she has a smoothie she has two smoothies she takes one out of her butthole then she pulls out a lamp if she wants to do some light reading and it happens to get dark on the blankets she has a whole sushi chef inside of her bag this mary poppins (laughs) woman literally if you are sick would you like a z-pack would you like extra strength tylenol i swear to god she is the mother Teresa of the red carpet she literally has every single cuisine you like, could ever want no this is the commitment i remember last year because so the grammys are really long you have to get there at 10 a.m this isn't down in the staples center where it's already like the hunger games maze times 100 this girl is so committed you're there at 10 you're there until at least five and that's when the show starts okay she's so committed she has sushi with the soy sauce mm-hmm. With carrying all your shit, do you know how much commit? Who wants there's to carry also the little wasabi? There's no. ginger. Who wants to carry the little packets of soy sauce and the absolutely chopsticks? Absolutely not. I get. Do you know how much my anxiety will go off the rails <laughs> thinking that like the thought of like sticky brown no. liquid no. attaching to like something else in my bag, like my map, my Mac chopstick or something? No. It literally terrifies me. Like like give me all the medication to like calm my brain down. Like I it's know. a terrifying feeling. So props and, to you. And the thing with the red carpet is it's so sporadic. Like next first thing you see, it's tumbleweed. It's Clint Eastwood circa the good, the bad and the ugly. You don't even know what time zone you're in. You don't even know what universe you're in. Next thing you know, BB Rexa could be right next to you. So you have to be prepared. So I'm saying It literally there. is like someone going on the carpet asking, Will you talk to Schlub 
beloved Ding Dong. You've never heard of her in your life. <laughs> no. All of a sudden, Cardi B and Offset are having an orgy on with Quavo and Sweetie right next to your fingernail. And you're like, how did I go from talking to Justin Bieber's backup dancer circa 1999 for your to backup this. quote for your file? So, right, exactly. Like the Linda Thompson equivalent. We talked about Linda Thompson a few episodes ago. How she's like the save the file quote. Like if you get right. a Linda Thompson quote about any of the Jenner Kardashians, you are good to go, girl. Congrats, sis. You did your job. Go to Domino's. Do the damn thing. Like literally Ariana Grande's songwriter is the equivalent no. of like Linda Thompson at an event like the Grammys. Exactly. So you have to be on your toes. So I'm feeling guilty bending down, taking out three, dare I say, four pretzels from my bag in case I miss Ariana Grande descending down from a UFO spaceship she had designed by Gucci to this event on my nose. Like, it is stressful. Sponsored by Area 51. So it's Grammys morning, and everyone around the world gets the news that Kobe Bryant died. The world literally stopped this is something you guys that permeated so far beyond Los Angeles where it happened and where Kobe obviously played for the Lakers for 20 years. Like, I don't care if you, you never watched an NBA game in your life. Like if you didn't even know who the Lakers were, I mean, there were billions of tweets about this around the world. It was the kind of thing like you will never forget if you're an older generation where you were when JFK was shot, where you were when Princess Diana died. He had that magnitude, not only for the city of Los Angeles, but literally globally, he was an icon, respected and inspiration. And you wake up and he's just gone. I mean, it's been, we're recording this now. It's been a little bit since it's happened and people are so affected like i said yes it was that tragic that out of the blue that unexpected and this like emily said i have a hard time believing like anyone is gonna ever forget where they were when they found out that's how intense it was and emily and i not by choice by the way find ourselves you guys i mean how insane is this in the epicenter of where it happened and Kobe's life. Like this is like when princess Di died, which also like rocked the world in this way. That's like being at the crash site and at Buckingham palace. And we just wanted to really be honest with you guys, because you're not going to read this kind of experience on oh, no. vanity fair on New York times. You're just going to be reading how awesome the after parties were. Oh. You're going to get the straight facts. You're not going to get the behind the scenes, real deal truth. And we're always going to be honest and transparent with 100. you guys. So it felt appropriate for this episode to have like a little bit of a heavier note, um, just to be real with you guys and to tell yeah. you what it's like to be in that, in that moment. Full disclosure, Emily and I have had to like figure out, like reshoot this because we've like, we've had to really brainstorm and sit down and be like, how, how do we, we want do to approach this? this? Like we can't ignore it. Even though you guys know, we, we usually like to be lighthearted that's and poke fun in Hollywood. Right. That's the thing. So this you isn't can't. like our forte, but look, like it it's happened. Staples Center, it's it. the Grammys right. and we're journalists. We're going to talk about exactly. it. Like we were there, we lived it and it has to be addressed. So um, you actually were asked to go to the site that people around the world were tweeting and talking about. Yeah, and it's it's surreal because you you go to bed the night before and you're excited because it's the Grammys. You're going to get dressed up. You're going to go to the show. And it's like sometimes life happens and it even happens when you work in the industry. Like you cannot control – you can't control life. You can't control the weird happenings of the universe. Like it doesn't matter if it's – a regular old Sunday. It doesn't matter if it's Grammy Sunday. Sometimes crisis mode happens and your whole entire day changed. And I was sleeping in and I woke up to a text from my editor basically telling me to go check out this quote, Kobe Bryant thing. I literally just woke up, was still disoriented, checked my phone, just Googled Kobe Bryant thinking, okay, like, did he get in a car accident? Is he like, what happened? Like, like, do I need to go like get a quote from like his team, whatever? Kobe Bryant dies. I mean, it was just mind numbing to believe, but the world doesn't stop. This is something like people are in sheer fucking panic. Like they're like, what is going on around the world? People are trying to get answers. Emily has to get in her car 
to go and look at the crash that billions of people are talking about. I mean, think about that. Like you're right there looking at it. Yeah. And I can't even imagine. That I mean, experience. I felt, I felt numb. I felt sick to my stomach. Like I was going to throw up. I mean, for me, it especially hit close to home for a few reasons. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up watching the Lakers. I grew up loving Kobe, loving everything he stood for. He was an, an inspiring force. He was like the Royal family of Los Angeles. And not to mention, I live in Calabasas. So this was like, this was not me driving like to the West side for work. This was me driving five minutes down the street. Like I didn't even need to Google where it was. I knew exactly where the accident happened. It literally happened behind my middle school. You guys, it was like sheer mayhem at the crash site of this accident. You can't get much closer to where it actually happened, which was in the Hills. And there were police everywhere. They were blocking it off. Like they were literally giving tickets, people who were going up there. I know one of the first responders on site, he's a family friend. He works in like the Malibu search and rescue team. He's the captain actually. And he was like one of the first people on the site. They Nobody was allowed in there. There were cops blocking it off. So the closest you can get was to the street side and people in Laker jerseys, mm-hmm. people with cameras, people with news crews were swarming this hillside and people are breaking down. Like this, people are so emotional. People are crying. People are just in shock. There's bikers that are just, you know, on a casual ride on a Sunday morning, driving by stopping. Like it is like everything slowed down and it wasn't like a big fiery crash. Like that didn't happen. Like all I saw was smoke kind of like going out into the air, just like shooting up, um, just like a, like a straight line of smoke going up into this foggy sky. And it was one of the eeriest things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just staring at it, trying to get observations. They wouldn't talk to us. None of the policemen would talk or answer questions. Like it was very like, nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's trying to find out answers. And you're literally five like feet away from where Kobe Bryant died. It's surreal. How insane is that? Like Emily's in a pool of M. Um, how would you say like there was what, maybe a couple dozen people out there. And yeah. You were there was them. nobody there when I got there. Like later on I'm that insane. day, there were thousands literally and some yeah. famous people too. And I was probably one of the first 20 there. Nobody knew at that point what was going on other than the fact that TMZ broke the story that Kobe Bryant had died. There was a lot of speculation about how um, Vanessa Bryant found out if she found out before if she found out after it's all hearsay at this point what happened but I do want to say being a journalist at the site um and trying to get answers like you need to be when you're reporting on something as significant as Kobe Bryant dying a hundred percent accurate in your reporting my boss was emailing me like please find out if there were any kids on board please find out like what went wrong like just try to find out anything from like officials on the scene And then you have a respectable outlet like ABC News reporting that Kobe Bryant and all four of his children died. Like, how can you even confirm that? I was at the site, you guys, one of the first people there. The only news trucks that were there were me, a very random outlet from the UK. And then I saw NBC pulling up. Like, how can you report that all four children, 17 to seven months old, are dead in Kobe Bryant? And this is not like a blog. Like, this is... ABC News. So it was like everybody was scrambling for answers. And on the other side of that, Taylor, you were at the Grammys. All these celebrities. Guys, picture this. Everybody, like, you see all the the behind-the-scenes Instagram stories of people, like, getting their hair and makeup done at their hotel, like, eating breakfast, so excited. And all of a sudden, everybody goes into crisis mode. These publicists need to prepare their clients to speak on Kobe Bryant because they're going to be asked. Journalists have to think about their entire approach to how they're going to handle carpet interviews. Everything stops, but the world doesn't stop, you guys. Like, the Grammys are still going to happen. Everything's going to happen. Which they shouldn't have, in my opinion. That's also a hard thing because it's, like, celebrating music. And it's like, but they you cannot disrespect Kobe Bryant at the house that he built in right during Grammy Sunday. So it was complete mayhem. We are, like I said, at the epicenter of Kobe Bryant. I mean, we are at the Staples Center and like we're finding out about this. We're on the carpet. We're scrambling and the carpet is supposed to start in like an hour. My friend comes up to me in sheer terror. He is this like really chill guy, like kind of jokey guy. Huge sports guy. Huge sports guy. He comes up to me and like, I'll never forget it. And he goes, Taylor, Kobe Bryant just died. I'm like, what? Even you saying those words aloud to me right now still doesn't feel real. I'm like, Emily, sick to my stomach. And on top of it, I'm like, I have to 
interview people and interact even like to this day male friends I have who are reporters said to me we had no time to process like we just had to hop right into interviews and do it I just hated it I felt so nauseous I wanted to throw up I was like because it was this weird mix of like people being really like ominous and sad but then also Emily like I'm sure you saw this and you guys saw this too on social media also people trying to like simultaneously like celebrate that the Grammys are happening and which I just I, was like yeah, which I have to say I, a, it was such an unparalleled like I never want to live this day again I was like the more I, I think it. about it though I get it like you're working a whole year for music like you're, you're this is your craft this is your passion this is your career and like that's not going to stop but there and like I understand you completely have the right to celebrate that but at the same time, I just have to say, there was something so disgusting to me about people sitting in the Staples Center, like dripping in like hundreds of thousands, I I'm agree. not even exaggerating, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of diamonds, like talking about how awesome they are. And like literally, guys, I don't know if some of you may not have been to the Staples Center, Kobe Bryant's jersey is hanging up, both his jerseys in the back because he won, you know, he's won so many different awards, but he's been honored and celebrated for being one of the best basketball players on the Lakers, if not ever. And just to be there and to see those that glowing in the background and for everybody to be like... My God, it like, just, it just it felt looked, very like Hunger Gamesy. It felt very like this was the capital, yes. and like everybody was just yeah. like circling around, looking at all these wealthy like. And I again, I get it. It's like a time to celebrate, but it's like how do you how do you agree. be normal in that moment? After I somehow pull it together to do interviews, which I talk to people about this. Obviously, how could you not? I go backstage because I was in the media room where the winners come back sometimes and they'll talk to press. And I'm literally in the empty halls backstage of the Staples Center with Kobe Bryant's pictures everywhere. His jerseys, framed photos of him. Like, I, it just was the most out... It was just the craziest thing. I was like... I, but again, like Emily says, life goes on. Like you have to pick up and keep doing your job. It's so no. bone chilling to think that you're on a red carpet. Nothing feels more unimportant exactly. than interviewing celebrities about how awesome they are when three children are dead. That's what ex Emily just, you just hit the nail on the head. Like it's like red carpets and this whole world can be so frivolous and over the top. And it's like. And fun. Right. But it's like, look at what just happened. I remember I interviewed um, Debbie Allen. She was an actress. I think she was on Grey's for a little while. She knew the Bryans. This was on the Grammys carpet. And she started like breaking down to me crying hysterical. And I was like, thank God. Like it was such a release for me. Like I, I felt, I was like something about it. I was just like, thank God. And a lot of people would want to hide from it. They would yeah. get pressed all together yeah. to not even address it. Oh yeah. But it's like how that's, that's almost even more disrespectful at Staples Center to not even bring it up. I remember... Now that you say that, I remember when I was backstage in the media room, uh, no one was coming back. None of the winners were barely coming back. And word had it that people, which I actually kind of get this, like, because this kind of goes with what we're saying. They probably felt weird, like being like, yay, look at my award. Like when obviously like you have to address Kobe. Honestly, if I won an award that night, I would either like go back there, talk to the press about how I was feeling and what it was like to be there in Kobe or dip out like they did. Like, I get it. It's how are you going to go and be like, yeah, look at my shiny award. So my editor in New York, I gave her a heads up. I was like, I just want to let you know, you know, not many celebrities are coming back here. They're saying they don't want to do, you know, with, with Kobe and everything. They don't, they're not, it's not really appropriate, whatever. She writes me back. She's like, oh, lame. It's like the same thing. It's like Lame. have some respect and brain cells. Hearing people like DJ Khaled, he won his first Grammy. He's an industry vet. I get it. He's been around a while and that's a big deal. He won his first Grammy and that's an exciting moment for him. But backstage, you guys in the press room, he would say stuff that was like, God is great. I was like, oh, God. Okay. But like, but is he great though? Like you were at a Grammy's viewing party and you had similar feelings. We were texting each other being like, this is gross. Yeah, so I come home from the crash site, you guys, and I, again, fully prepared. To, like, I was going to Steven Tyler's viewing party. The attire, we can get into this another day, is rock and roll chic. So I had planned out a whole cute little outfit, like, and makeup. A viewing party is where people and celebrities go to actually watch the award show mm -hmm. if they're not there so like mm -hmm. elton john will do a big one for the oscars it's right. like that so emily's like essentially it's like an extension of the grammys totally and you know stephen tyler was performing later that night so it was really exciting everyone was anticipating he was gonna go to the grammys come back to the party 
So I come home after, you know, this devastating morning. Um, and I don't even, I, to this viewing party, which is, you know, expected, you're supposed to expect to dress like you're basically at the show. I wore leggings, sneakers, and a, a sweatshirt. I couldn't even process anything. I was so numb. I get to this carpet. Um, and yeah, it was incredibly awkward, I guess, um, to be at this event where people are wearing makeup and talking about how great the music mm-hmm. is and how great everything is. And like, all you wanted to talk about was yeah. this cl- giant physical and literal cloud hanging in the sky. You know, so Taylor and I, you can imagine, Taylor's ready at the carpet taking photos, finds out this devastating thing happens. I am waking up. First thing I wake up to is the death of an icon, go to the crash site immediately, 10 minutes later, go to a party. So it's like an incredibly awkward morning. And then the show starts and the show starts. I want to get into this because I think Alicia Keys is like, guys, if you didn't get to watch the Grammys or maybe if you did, um, we'd love to hear what you think about the opening. Um, But if you didn't, please go back and watch Alicia Keys' speech because it was really powerful. But why, oh, why did they open the Grammys with Lizzo performing instead of with Alicia Keys' powerful wait, speech? They, wait, they opened it with, I didn't know this. I was probably they still on the carpet. They opened it with Lizzo doing her thing. She's a queen, but like Alicia Keys, Alicia gave a very powerful speech about Kobe. She sang on the spot. It was incredibly beautiful. That happened after Lizzo does this giant performance no. on stage. Like it is literally Coachella headliner no. right here, no. right now. I was like, I'm everybody- sh- at this Dude. at this viewing party I was at, like Steven Tyler's mom was probably like rolling in her grave. Like not to, you know, it's probably not the best joke to make, but literally guys, like this was just shocking. Even I read today how, I guess the reason Beyonce and Jay-Z didn't go was out of respect for him. And I was like, respect, dude. Like, yeah, I feel it. And I felt if I didn't have to go and if I wasn't getting paid, I would have gotten out of there so fast. It's not funny. Like literally, I mean, it just didn't feel like clapping and cheering and dancing. And I know Alicia was like, music is the ultimate thing to bring us together. But I was like, I couldn't enjoy a single moment also. Like, and it's also annoying to see people like Chrissy Teigen tweeting like, oh my God, this is so sad. What we're doing feels so unimportant. Oh my God. And then she shows up on Sis, a, and the, there in the front row. in a giant orange dress on top of John Legend on the carpet, having the time of her life. It's like, so which one is it? Completely are you agree. devastated Completely or are you agree. just going to say you're devastated because that's mainstream and you probably are, but then you're going to remember that you have a $6,000 dress to put on and you know, Lorraine Schwartz jewelry that's worth $3 million yeah. and you're going to have the time of your life with your hot husband is probably going to win a Grammy. It's like, which one is it? Completely agree. I will also say like we had to find some levity backstage in the media room and my friend turned to me, who's also like a vet at reporting. And she was like, I have to say Alicia Keys, like, needs to stop hosting because she's so boring, but this is perfect for her. And I was like, exactly. No, Alicia Keys is the Laura Dern of music. She so Alicia Keys, perfect for this. She shows up everywhere at the Grammys. Literally every single yeah. year, I think she hosts the Grammys because she now presenting Alicia Keys, like literally 12 times in a row, this lady will perform <laughs> on stage with everybody. Like, it's just like the same thing. You guys, we talk about Laura Dern a lot. Love that girl. She will be relatable I, to no matter which crowd she's speaking to. Alicia no. Keys is the same I in the music Ali- industry. I love Alicia Keys, but do I need to see her at do I need to see her pouring my do I need to see her pouring my smoothie at Jamba Juice do I need to see her making my sandwich like she's everywhere no she's actually my gardener no (laughs) but she was perfect for this and we were cracking up backstage nobody could have done that better um it was again an awkward transition everybody knew it was going to be awkward no matter what but um, like literally when Keith Urban gave the shout out to Australia, everyone's like, okay, like that's the thing. Another thing too is like people forget like when one bad thing happens and another bad thing happens right after the thing that happened before feels irrelevant. Like yeah. no one's going to talk about the Australia fires Dude, exactly. ever again. Exactly. It's just crazy how that happens, but that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, like the whole Alicia Keys thing backstage, you, we have, it's like a funeral. Like you have, and I've sadly have had been to many, like, this is probably TMI, but I remember when my grandmother died, like we were literally at her on her deathbed, like by her side. And like my cousin and I had this thing where we just started like cracking up laughing. It's like this weird, you know what I mean? It's Sometimes like, people laugh at like inappropriate times, but that's like, just your body's way of coping. Right, exactly. And so to compare it, it's sort of like that. Like you have to, it's like your brain has to because it's so heavy. It doesn't know what else to do. So we're backstage laughing at the Alicia Keys thing. Then our friend, 
also, I didn't even tell you this, Emily. This was hysterical. Oh my God, wait, what? She pulls up a photo of her friend who gave her dog a CBD treat. Oh my God, I know people who do this. This dog. It's Jean. Yes. It was, we were crying laughing. Like this dog was, his eyeballs were peeled back. He looked like he was on the most like, horse tranquilizing like oasis thing his his like little limbs were like floating his eyeballs were huge it was the he funniest knows shit no he has seen he has gone to places no he's human. currently in area 51 he he literally is in the bermuda triangle this dog and loving every minute of no, it he's on his way to neverland so we had to find these like moments of laughing meanwhile emily is texting me i'm peeing my pants <laughs> you guys you will not believe what happened so this this steven tyler viewing party starts out really somber like you know there's everyone like there's a live band singing hallelujah there's a whole picture of kobe bryant the Grammys, by the way, is the longest award show ever. Like it literally oh. lasts from like it literally lasts from February until December thirty no. first of two of twenty thirty one of twenty thirty one twist. So like th- we're two and a half hours into the show, you guys. All of a sudden, the power goes out. And let me just say, we're not at like Steven Tyler's agent's house, like in the middle of like Nebraska. We're literally at a giant movie studio on Melrose in West Hollywood, a giant movie studio. You would think they have a backup generator. The power is out for 55 minutes. I was like, you guys, this is probably like a sign from the universe that everybody needs to go home. This day needs to be canceled. (laughs) Call down on Twitter, cancel culture 2020. What is going on? So we're all just sitting there in the dark. Nothing. No one is saying anything. Steven Tyler, mind you, is still at the Grammys because he just performed and he's like, fuck that. I'm not coming back there. Like it is so confusing. Nobody say anything. I make a joke. Like people are leaving. People are leaving. People are, I make a joke. Oh my God. Like someone should take the centerpieces and just like run with it. Our friend's girlfriend. Well, he wouldn't call her that someone he sleeps with casually starts grab. She was at this party as his plus one starts grabbing flowers <laughs> from the bouquet, making her own DIY flower booth situation at our table and leaves. And I was like, the waiters are going around clearing the plates. There's a giant bread basket next to me. They're trying to take it. I'm like, Oh no, I'm sorry. We're going to need carbs. This is a very difficult time. We need comfort food. I start no. eating bread rolls. I probably ate two and a half just for sheer boredom. Terry Cruz finally addresses us two and a half hours later into the blackout and says, we're at war. I swear to God, he says, we're at war. It's like, is North Korea going to nuke? Do I need to hide under my table? Like earthquake drill 101. No, and you guys like, literally, what is what he then, then Terry Cruz with all his credibility as an, an electrician tells us that there is an electrical grid problem in the city of Los Angeles. I'm like, no, there is not. There is factually not. This is inaccurate information. Like fake news. Fake news 101. This and day needs to end. This end. day needs to never come back. End. This day needs to go in the national treasure vault that Nicolas Cage never <laughs> finds. Buried in the middle of Arkansas. Like I need to never <laughs> speak of it again. And then no. these people come in in like giant... Me- I'm not even kidding you guys. Like they have like headlamps on. Like they're literally going to go into the cave where Adam Sandler bought his giant rock from Uncut Gems and they're going in there and they're saying like, okay, we got a daisy chain, the 25, let's do this, let's do that. They're using all these electrician terms and my friend Nicole and I, shout out to Nicole, we're like, oh my God, what does that mean? Like daisy chain, the 25s, like are we all safe? Like we look it up. It's literally a sex term. I can't even talk about it. It's like the dirtiest, no. nastiest thing you can do in bed. We're like, okay, obviously we urban dictionary something that we probably shouldn't have because we're not in the know with electrician lingo and the day needed to end finally steven tyler comes back to the party while the lights are still off and he grabs a megaphone and i think he's sober but like he did not seem all there no. and he was like walking around like he's, yo, hang- yo, yo. he's like taking the same drugs as that poor dog no <laughs> him They're and the floating. dog are both floating on cloud nine on floating. their way to neverland with peter pan and tinkerbell <laughs> floating like, so he's just shooting the shit with terry cruz on stage and i literally I leave. I'm like, I can't be no, here anymore. That, you're like, that's my cue. <laughs> like, peace out. If Teddy Mellencamp and her 10 and a half month pregnant body are leaving, then it's time. So am I. It's time. I'm evacuating the premises. Dude, I didn't even talk about the chaos that happened on the carpet as amid, amid the like somber feeling out there. 
Oh. Because this was interesting. Okay. Yeah, tell us. Get into it. I'm going to talk about my credential. Oh. 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 You guys, not to mention. How about that? The Grammys are cursed. I don't care if someone is offering me a stay at Buckingham Palace for I the literally century, won the lottery. I'm never covering it again. Last year, it was hailing outside and I forgot <laughs> my credential at home. Actually, I think I never even picked it up. That's how much of the bad bitch I am. I literally had to fly past security, secret service level, <laughs> no. FBI agents, pass, pretend I was Patton Oswalt's personal publicist, get on my carpet right next to my editor, like literally, and I was wearing a blue ball gown. It looked like Cinderella, Grim Brothers edition, was like fleeing the palace, ASAP, didn't even have their credential, end up on the Grammys carpet. That's when we knew it was cursed. Taylor, please take no. it away. They give you uh, what's called a credential. It's such an extra process that like totally encapsulates Hollywood, like how extra it is. But they have you go down to the Staples Center, like days before the Grammys, take your picture. They put it on a little card and you have to wear it around your neck. And that's how you get literally like different security levels. So Emily, what Emily's saying is she didn't have her credential last year. So she literally... What I saw her guys I will never forget this like she literally had to blow by the security like she was chasing away from the <laughs> I was like even Steve Martin's accomplice she, in the Pink Panther and I experienced it this year which is how we knew the Grammys were cursed get a load of this these security guys like literally think that you are ISIS trying to infiltrate their system if you don't have a credential they were they will physically pick you up and like move you I'm not joking so I was which is probably stupid on my part, knowing what Emily went through last year. I had my jacket draped over like the barricade that they love putting us between us and celebrities, which we talked about last time. So I have my jacket draped over with my credential while my friend and I are taking photos. I come back. My credential is nowhere to be seen. Nowhere. And these guys do not play. It is like 11.05. The celebrities are coming at 1.30. So you need to get your ass behind the red carpet because God forbid your pinky toe is on the carpet two hours before Ariana Grande's hair falls on it. I mean, give me a break. I literally take out a telescope. I take a, I take out a magnifying glass. I take out the Monopoly man's little spectacle glasses he has to try and find this credential in a 50 foot radius. Of it is a it real life game of clue. Only at the Grammys because it's cursed and I hate it. Would someone steal your credential? Like, are you joking? So I was so panicked because I had a separate credential, one for the carpet and one for the media room. And I was like, I have to get into the media room. Like I'm b- being paid to, to do, cover this. Like I can't not. The head of security, his name is Gil. Shout out to Gil. Gil comes over, the head of security of the whole red carpet, comes over. I'm on a first name basis with him. I'm like, Gil, he pages like his whole SWAT team. They all know my name. His assistant's name was Dale. It was this whole thing. And he was like, if you take a step off of this carpet you will literally be escorted off the property. Literally, because you have nothing to prove that you are here. I was like, what if I have to pee? I had to borrow my friend. I was like, who's a white blonde over here? I had to borrow her credential and wear it around my neck to go piss. The universe was giving us all these signs like, go the fuck home. Go, <laughs> go home. Order 10 medium, half pepperoni, half olive pizzas. 17 Crunchwrap Supremes. And never, ever come out. And never speak of this day again. Never speak of this day. Never remember this day. No, horrible. But- of course we have to remember this day because of social media. Yeah. So the aftermath of this event, this was really interesting because. Because like we were there. So like seeing we how especially other reporters like handled it. A public figure, any celebrity is going to be like is going to have scandals in their lifetime probably is going to have instances of incredible victory and then instances that drag them down. And Taylor and I got into this because there were a lot of like reports that came out after Kobe Bryant's death, like a lot of praise, a lot of remembering how awesome he was. And then some people brought up some of the things he allegedly did that weren't so great. So for those of you who don't know, in 2003, there was a a case that I believe was settled between Kobe Bryant and this woman. He admitted to having an affair, but it was a rape case. There's a Daily Beast article from 2016 that like unpacks everything and has all this evidence about it. This woman from the Washington Post tweeted the Daily Beast article about what had happened and people went in on her. I mean, people were sending her 
thousands of death threats. What she did from a journalist's perspective, I think Taylor and I can both agree, was was fair game. 100% fair game. I think our job as journalists is to show the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just the good, the good. It's just not. And so what the crazy effed up part is, we're trying to swear alert less, the effed up part is that the Washington Post suspended this girl because we all know, and they like backtracked and they were saying, cause she was, once the trolls came after her, she was like posting screenshots of her inbox. Um, I don't know if you know this. And I didn't had, like, see this now. Yeah. And there, it had like all people's names. So like the Washington Post suspended her and then they started backtracking being like, oh, you know, they, they gave some like ambiguous statement as to why being like, oh, she revealed all these people's names. We all know it's because Twitter trolls came after her and they wanted to like protect their reputation, which is disgusting. Like you are a journalistic establishment. Like it a is a very our reputable one. This is not like 100. a tabloid that you see on the newsstands at Ralph. This is the Washington <laughs> Post. <laughs> I'm like getting very specific here. This is the Washington Post. They're respected. Yeah. highly respected. So yeah. it's like for them to like to shoot down one of their own reporters who made a justifiable the claim. Told like, the truth. Yeah. It's disgusting. Just, Get a hold of yourselves over there. It's not okay. The thing with the Washington Post story, I love how um, Vox covered it mm-hmm. because they kind of, sh- they, they really simply laid it out and they basically said like, I'm exaggerating, but the post was basically like, shame on you, Washington Post. Like, for suspending a girl because she was getting trolled because she said something people didn't like. Like it's our job as journalists to shed light on all of someone's narrative. It's not always going to be the part we not yeah not just the part we like. And I really I really love I like loved the Vox. Wow, I'm like skipping. She's gonna apply for Vox right I, after this episode. <laughs> I did this like weird little shimmy just now. I hope none of you ever see me do this, but I loved it so much because I actually had an experience just like the Washington Post reporter girl. So it hit close to home with me. You can also understand what happens when trolls get up on you and yeah, how man. how things change. Tell us what happened. On the other side of it, this is wild. So I was working at VH1. You guys are gonna find out really quick. I have negative five tolerance for bullies do not cross me bullies like beware I'm not having your shit for five seconds I just for whatever reason it hits a nerve with me I think because like I experienced it when I was younger and people did nasty stuff to me growing up and so I just I don't tolerate it and I can't stand it when public figures are bullies because it's like that's how you're using your platform for real like get a life so I wrote an article about Chrissy Teigen in the article I was basically saying like don't combat bullying by being a bully. That's just my opinion. And it's free speech. Like Emily said, like, hello, it's called the constitution, bitch. Like, okay, look it up. Look it up, sweetie. I guess she was like being trolled. And in return, she was like cursing out people and being like calling them names and being like, oh, fuck you. You know, you're a shithead. This, that, the other thing, whatever. And I was just like, that's not cool. Like, in my opinion, again, I'm not telling you what to do, but in my opinion, you're a public figure, either be above it or like address it in a way that's like, I don't appreciate this, but like you're not you're, only you're when feeding, it's convenient you're to feed, feed it like that. Right. And like you're feeding into the cycle was my point. Mm-hmm. So I wrote up the piece and I have the receipts, bef- I'm snapping to like emphasize this. I have the receipts before we even called them receipts. I mess DM'd my editor and I said, here's the story. And I gave him like three different headline options. One of them was like, Chrissy Teigen is being a hypocrite on Twitter. He literally verbatim said to me, use the one with hypocrite in it because that will get a lot of clicks. So I did. So clickbait media, baby, alive and well. Exactly. Thriving and surviving and dominating. The story goes up. I'm in a meeting probably like half an hour later. People are like, Taylor, people are going Ape shit. Like Chrissy Teigen is personally tweeting at me being like, how dare you Taylor Ferber, like police my actions, like blah, 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 like shame on you VH1, all this shit. Okay. So this is going to blow your minds. Keep in mind, like I had been at VH1 already for like four years. Like I was working my way up. I had gotten like, I had done amazing work for them, like really hard worker, like really committed to them. Okay. So it ends up getting kicked up all the way up to HR. Like I've never heard of HR in my life. I, I think even getting hired, they were just like, come on in. Like I never, HR is not I don't know thing. what they do. I think they no, literally, literally like hang out with Laura Dern and Alicia Keys all day. So it explains. 
it exploded and became this whole thing where HR was calling me and my editors were in a room calling me and back from back in New York, like trying to like get me to explain what happened. And I told them, I was like, here was my story. Here's why I wrote it. I completely stand by it. I ended up like defending myself on Twitter being like, I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And I mean it when I say Chrissy Teigen's being a bully. So they make me delete. And you have a responsibility as a journalist 100. to say what everybody's thinking but might be afraid to say. Exactly. So meanwhile, like I'm getting texts from even like my friends at VH1 who are like, Taylor, yeah, like maybe you should delete your tweets. Like everyone's so scared. And they like force me, uh, my bosses at the time, like force me to delete my tweets. So like I send the DMs from my editor being like, yeah, use the word hypocrite. Here's why blah, blah, blah to HR. Then they suspended me. Like they suspended the Washington Post girl. Unbelievable. Isn't that insane? So I'm not saying. Suspended you for writing an article that not everybody likes. Are you kidding? And it's the same thing as this Washington Post girl. Like she writes one thing that isn't favorable and she's suspended. It's subjective. It's like. And she's suspended. Like get a grip on all of yourselves because unfathomable. I remember and my friend said to me, he goes, you're at a fork in the road. Either you suck it up, say you're sorry, say you're sorry to Chrissy Teigen, say you're sorry to your bosses or you say, like, I don't know her, forget you. I mean what I say. So I quit the next day. I was like, that's uh, like, we both had these come to Jesus moments. That oh, I've had, to, like, I've had yeah. so many. Come and the Jesus craziest the thing, the reason why is because Chrissy Teigen was hosting Lip Sync Battle, which was Spike. I was wor- working at VH1 and both are owned by Viacom. So what HR ended up saying was that it was like an employee versus employee problem. And I was basically like, right, but like you sided with the more famous one. So I'm out. Like you sided with the more famous one versus the reporter who's been with you twice as long as she has. And do you think Chrissy Teigen flew her ass over to New York, went to speak to HR, had an appropriate meeting with the executives? <gasps> she did one tweet. No. Chrissy Teigen Can was sitting in her La Perla lingerie, wearing Victoria's Secret pajamas, <gasps> sitting on her couch with her giant 14 bulldogs, watching <laughs> Vanderpump Rules, tweeting at Taylor all the way from her compound in Palm Springs. And guess who got the axe? It done. Mic drop. So like, that's what happens back to this whole Washington post thing, back to this full circle understanding of what happens when you write something that's uncomfortable, that still has validity, even saying she's a hypocrite. It's not a straight up fact. It's not in the definition of Chrissy Teigen hypocrite. This is Taylor's opinion. This is an opinion. Many share. She had a right to share it. Whether or not you agree with it. I could be sitting here being like, Taylor, I disagree. Like whether or not I do it. The point is like Taylor had the, had the nerve to do her job and to write this. And she got railroaded into Siberia. And and I also want to draw attention to another thing of the Kobe Bryant aftermath that really left me unsettled. This is a little bit different than the Washington Post scenario, but I'm just going to call it like I see it. Call it, Emily. Call it, baby. 911, we have an emergency. Call it like you... This is is really... um, Because as journalists, we do see both sides. Like Emily, like we've kind of highlighted this whole time. Like we're there on the carpet at the viewing parties at the site, like seeing it, but then we're seeing how everything is portrayed on social media and in the news. And particularly in this case, what Em and I want to get into is how other reporters were handling it, myself included that day. I want you to go into Taylor. Um, Okay. I'm going to explain something that I didn't love. And then I know you have another opinion about this because like, you can share this later. Do it up. Something that made me really uncomfortable was like the fact that, you know, we're grieving the loss of nine people who died. A lot of people are so excited, justifiably so. We look hot. We're excited to post pictures and like show how awesome we look, how beautiful we look, all the dresses that were lent to us. We want to be like the stars, you guys. A lot of people waited until yesterday to post. I saw one post that really, really just made me feel ill. Um, it was actually a friend of mine. She works for a uh, television outlet who reports it rhymes uh, with she who's shmi booze right so okay. you figure that rhymes out what you will the main choose, choose your own adventure juliana hansick high and he crest <laughs> hanya had just do <laughs> do with that what you will 
Right. Exactly. Um, okay. So anyway, this girl we know uh, posts this stunning photo of herself um, with, you know, her, she's blonde hair. It's in an updo. She's wearing these draping silver earrings, cleavage, spray tan, sky blue suede dress, sexy, sultry look, makeup for days. Can I just say, Emily's looking at this picture and describing it like Picasso himself. Like she's so invested. I no. love it. Leonardo DiCaprio, call me. We'll collab. Um, <laughs> No, like, so she posts this beautiful photo. She's literally looking at you in this photo. Like she's going to like have sex with you. Like her eyes are hungry for the D and she's this caption says nothing felt more unimportant than having to do my job yesterday. Still numb thinking about this tragedy, but grateful to have witnessed the outpour of love for Kobe in his second home ripped to her angels. Then you have three dot, dot, dots, and then you have Grammy's glam and she proceeds to tag all the people who helped her get ready. I'm sorry, to have a post where you feel so sad about the tragedy that's happened and then tag everybody in your glam squad. And it's also a swiping photo. One of them no. is her looking so sultry and the other one is a close-up of her face makeup. I just got a peek of it. This is literally like a, a full editorial Vogue spread ready to go. It just like, felt so unnatural well, to me. Emily, it's kind of like the Chrissy Teigen thing you were saying, like pick one. Pick one. I mean, it's, of course Can you I look, look at the pic. Of course. And of course you look beautiful. And of course everybody wants to, you want people to tell you how beautiful you look. Of course I commented saying beautifully said like I'm feeding into the narrative as well but like deep down you guys it honestly made me want to throw up I just didn't feel good about that okay I'm looking at the photo so she's sitting in like a hotel suite on a bed with like professional lighting from Ansel Adams I know her makeup artist Annie Lebowitz and like Annie Lebowitz herself like Art Direction by Anna Wintour. No, no, literally that's what this looks like. So I see where, because I want to chime in because I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I posted. Well, Taylor, you had a different opinion about posting because Taylor also posted a gorgeous photo on the red carpet and I'm not trying to call out Taylor. She's my best friend's no, sister. No, call but, me out. But another girl also, another many of my friends posted photos, but like they had a different take on it. Yeah. And like there was a, I don't think this girl knowing her like really struggled that much to post it. I think this photo was going to go up either way. I don't want to be a hypocrite like Chrissy Teigen style, I know. But like I see both sides where like you it's like a job kind of like how we have to show up and still do our jobs right like we borrowed dresses we owed it to the companies to post and advertise it it's like a job and so we were my friend and I who I was with the whole day we were sitting she did the same thing that's a level tailors at you guys she gets to wear clothes for that little spawn pond I pay people to be like can I wear a dress that's not from Hello. Target? Thank you. Like Target dress is coming out tomorrow for Oscars. So you have this like weird thing. And I just felt, I even posted on my story. Cause normally like I like to think I'm a comedian and I'll post like all this funny shit that happens on the red carpet on my stories and stuff. And I just posted like a black screen yesterday and I was, or sorry on the Grammys day. And I just was like, guys, I can't today, like not up to it. I mean, I was hurting like, that's a thing. So after the carpet, we were in the media room. I'm texting my, everyone's like going about it fine. Like typing up stuff. Ask Brandy, our friend who we were with. Like I was sitting there bawling during the whole show. I'm texting my parents. My dad's like texting me. He's bawling. My mom's bawling. They're across the country back on the East coast. So I'm bawling and I'm like, I'm going to post, like I'm feeling this. I'm going to post a photo of me like with a non-target dress. Like what? Like how inappropriate. So Brandy and I are like going back and forth. We're like, do we Brandy do it now? Works, can we say where she, Brandy has her own site. She works for Style she has her Cosmo. Own yeah. She's amazing. She's awesome. We love yeah. her. And, um, I'm so glad I had her, my God, that day. And, um, we were going back and forth being like, when do we post? When do we post? What do we say? Like, cause then I would see other reporters and people like posting photos with captions like that were like, yay, rock on. Like I was like, how tone deaf, like, are you or are you not like orbiting Tell around Jupiter? Cal- no, literally, Kelty is right up there in a spaceship that Elon Musk wrote. Tell her, <laughs> no. t- tell him what Kelty Knight did. No. So you guys listen to this. So this, this ET reporter is like this the CBS, the Grammys are on CBS. She's like their main squeeze. She has like the main like platform all to herself where all the celebrities come. And like, I went on her story because I was like, okay, she's like probably one of the most public reporters, like aside from Juliana Rancic, Ryan Seacrest. Like, I want to see how she handles this. Like seeing, I can literally see her down the carpet. Like, I want to see how this goes. She's posting like 
yay, interviewing BB Rexa, like, hey, interview, yay, interviewing whoever, like, da 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 da, on all these stories. And then, like, she posts, like, she did her first commercial and it was for CBS and it was all about the red, being a red carpet reporter or whatever. And so she posts, like, three back to back slides being, like, here's my first commercial, like, yay, like, again, like the DJ Cal, like, I get that this is exciting for you, but like, chill out and have a seat, like, maybe even a beach chair. And I feel like it's even more impactful for you taylor being at the steeple center seeing these people already crowding around the area Dude. around the red carpet like with memorials yeah. and tributes like how and, mm. and, and like meanwhile you're inside like having to do like no absolutely i will never forget it and so i go on her story she has all these slides back to back like saying how awesome her life is her like big fluffy pink dress like all this stuff one slide about kobe being like how sad next thing you know back thing oh interviewing jonas brothers interviewing da 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 and i just was like dude uh no, I was like, Mm-mm. tone deaf. So Brandy and I, yeah, tone deaf. So Brandy and I were going back and forth and we're like, okay, like how do we approach this? By this point, it's like, I don't know, like six or seven o'clock at night that night. We're like, look, let's just be honest and like speak from the heart. So meanwhile, cause we had taken photos before we found out about Kobe, kind of what we're doing in this podcast. I was like, I feel like this obligation to tell people what this experience was like today to address it it's not right to just post a photo and be like thank you so and so for for my glam absolutely not so i ended up finding a photo from the carpet and i said you know i took this before i found out and then i did a little paragraph like literally verbatim explaining where i was at i was like i'm behind stage crying texting my parents right now like this is where i'm at this is what happened and like I'm here in the middle of it and I just want you guys to like feel and experience it with me in a way, if that makes sense. So I agree. Like it was this really weird line of being like, by the way, I did not tag any glam squad or anything. I don't have one. I do all my own shit, but even if I did like, no, <laughs> no, it's not the time. I the agree. Place. I mean, look, I have a friend who is a celebrity makeup artist who did many people's makeup on the Grammys. She posted nothing about it um on that night nothing really nothing she posted i think she posted a behind the scenes video yesterday night but she was this woman was at the staples center all day on her own like after she finished getting people there like she stayed there until night like she was devastated again whether or not you were a fan of kobe bryant's whether no, we're not, or not forcing you to be the saddest person the in the room that's like if thing. you're not that rocked by it you have every every right to be not that right. sad about it i think it's just this this world rocking thing to show you that how fragile life is, how the people around you, like how precious that is. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what it is. So yeah. Um, let us know your thoughts. We are so excited to keep sharing the real Hollywood scoop, the real deal situation with you guys. Well, on a, hopefully what will be a lighter note is we have the Oscars coming up. So we know that's going to be a show ready guys. This is how, this is how the week has already started Monday morning. Oscars lunch name cards, name cards are being handed out. A a photo on Twitter has been circulating yesterday of Brad Pitt wearing a a name name tag. tag. Isn't that perfect? This is like Donald Trump or Queen Elizabeth parading around with a, a, a name tag <laughs> i love it i would encourage every celebrity to wear name tags would actually make our lives a lot easier no what? a lot of the times we don't know who you are we don't really actually know like all the time even Sorry if you're taylor swift even if you're billy eilish like before i even knew who billy eilish was i literally thought it was like a scary goth kid who just got lost on her <laughs> way to ninth grade me and taylor promised to always give you guys the real the real the real tea. unfiltered coming in here piping like an Ina Garden, fresh tea off the stove, ready for you. And I agree with Emily. I know, like, I feel like not as sick to my stomach as I did when we started. I feel like this has been a little bit therapeutic. You know, we hope that you guys took something from it. And, you know, we're doing our best to be honest, like Emily said, and give it to you how you deserve it. Oh, God, that sounded sexual. Okay, well, on that note. Give it to us. We're worth it. Okay, guys. (laughs) Wow. This this has been a real grand old time. Um, Thanks for tuning in. We'll chat with you guys soon. Bye.